0: You are listening to the grief gang podcast hosted by amber jeffrey the podcast dedicated to having difficult and layered conversations on grief and loss through my own personal reflections on grief inspirational guest appearances and contributions from the incredible community you will find an array of real authentic moving and at most times humorous accounts of what it's really like to live with grief It's not always doom and gloom, I promise you that. We know how to have fun whilst talking about the heavy stuff around here. So, welcome to the gang, the one you never asked to be a part of. Today, I want to talk with you a bit about grief and anger. I feel like I was going to start off this episode and be like, I feel like we've all had an experience with grief and anger, but that is not the case um, from what I have learned from you, the Grief Gang community. And as always, I'm always really, really grateful for these insights from you guys to always educate me and keep me on my toes. But <laughs> for the most part, I, for me, grief and anger anger in grief has always been quite a huge part of my story and was for quite like a predominant like predominantly predominant um time very much in the early years of my grief and i feel like it's been um throughout the years of the podcast like woven into it in different aspects but I've never actually sat down and done just like a full, I guess, debrief on what grief and anger means to me, how it lived with me and still lives with me. Um, And also just asking you guys as well what grief and anger looks like to you and how it shows up in your everyday. So throughout this episode, I'm just going to sort of share with you some of my own personal experiences of what grief and anger looks like to me and how it kind of infiltrated a very long period of my life, what my feelings are towards anger and grief and how I actually kind of use it And it doesn't just use me anymore. And then we're going to round off, as I always, always ask you, the Grief Gang community on our social media, on the Grief Gang on Instagram. So do follow me over there so that you don't miss these call outs. Um, And yeah, sharing some of what you've said grief and anger looks like to you and how it shows up in your life. So to start with, I am going to take you back. I'm going to take you back um, to actually like, I guess let's set the scene, you know, let's set the scene. I'm going to take you back obviously to the beginning when uh, my mum died, but I'll actually give a bit, I guess, of history to, I guess, me as a person and how, and how when grief and anger entered my life, how it was quite alien to me, well obviously grief itself, but how anger was quite a bit alien. So I'm going to go back, I'm going to go back in time. So I was obviously 19 um for the quick synopsis if you if there's a random new listener, quick synopsis, my mum died when I was 19 to a very sudden heart attack. Before that I had never been um exposed to any sort of uh, bereavement and an immediate bereavement to me. So as obviously you can imagine, mum dropped down dead, absolutely shook up my world. But prior to that, my mum dying, so I'm 19, like I'm still just trying to figure out who I am anyway. I mean, I thought I knew, I knew it all. Of course we do, you know, those coming of age, ages, you think you're the dog's bollock and you know it all. But to not, to not digress, I, I, those years before, like my, my late teens, I wouldn't have branded myself as a hothead as somebody who was angry a lot or let things anger her. Maybe that's me blacking out a lot of things, hashtag trauma. Um, And maybe my (laughs) friends might beg to differ. But when I look back, I don't see and feel a lot of times where anger really consumed me and affected not only me but the relationships around me. Like I've always been a very outspoken person. I will say what I feel and if I don't say it, my face will say it. Um, But I was never just one to fly off the handle at like any given moment and be the person that people would step on eggshells around. So then when my mum dies and I... And as I said, thrusted into this world without her, very quickly, as as I think many people will resonate with, is that, you know, when, when somebody you love dies, someone close to you dies, it is a part of you does die with them. And almost overnight, you become or can become a completely different person. And for me, that is... Quite literally, what it felt like. I felt like my mum died, and overnight, so did a very, not even just a small part of me, a very large part of me died with her. And in turn, what was replaced with that old amber was this fireball of a girl, not a woman then, I would say, a fireball of a girl who was just so fucking furious at what has happened. And wanted to set the world ablaze and sit back and light a cigarette and watch it burn. <laughs> That's what it was. It was like, what's that saying in Batman? Do love Batman, I can't lie. Um, what's it say? Oh, you stay long enough to become the villain or something, you know, what someone one of you one of you, is it Marvel? I'm gonna get it all wrong. One of you Batman fans, you can you can tell me in the comment section on Instagram, you know. You die enough to become a villain, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, that was me. I was the villain in my own life, and I was setting it ablaze. That was what I was trying to get at. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and um, that was my life for three years. For three years, I set my world on fire. Granted, some people gave me the matchbox and were the fuel for the fire granted that look I am an accountability babe and I've got no problem saying that I'm an accountability babe like I know what's one of my probably greatest qualities (laughs) is that I know when to take accountability I'm going yeah I fucked up there and I'm not going to say but like I'll just say yeah I fucked up there and I'm sorry I have no I've got no shame in that of being in the wrong about something though I am always right I have no shame (laughs) saying sorry and holding my hands up when I am wrong. But I look back across those three years when I was setting my world ablaze and I look back and before before starting Grief Gang and integrating myself and getting to know people in the space and just while well, just learning about my grief more, I would give myself such a hard time for those years that I spent living in an angry state but before actually I'm jumping a little bit ahead there of kind of um, how I look back and kind of reflect on those angry years but what anger looks like to me in that time and whether some of you will resonate with this and see yourself in my story is that I I it's almost like I was looking for a fight and that just so wasn't me. Like I was saying in the beginning of how I used to be before my mum died. I wouldn't say I was a lover and not a fighter. But, like, if you wanted to tussle, we could tussle. But I wasn't, like, always just, you know, the shoulders up to my ears. I wasn't always just snapping at people. And this is what I was doing. I was just snapping at people. And not just, like, a little snapper or a bicker. I was going the full fucking hog. I was nasty to some people in my life again granted some deserved it but some really didn't um and just I was just oh god I can feel like the knot in my tummy like talking about this of like that you know, when you people say you're pent up and actually the physical feeling of being pent up, like you need someone to just stretch you out. I feel like I lived permanently with my shoulders to my ears and just with a stink face on. It was just like a whole armour that was like draped across me just to get by every single day. And I want to get back to that. I'll come back to that of a bit of why actually I don't berate myself for that, because it was a form of survival um and just to stop me from further pain, but that is what i did i I've spoken on this podcast before about the relationships and friendships that, in turn, with my anger, suffered for it um, but and also yeah, and just some friendships that I just pushed it too much and was just you know saying things or doing things and acting in ways that were not true to what I was really feeling and I lived with that for three years until I kind of at the summer of 2019 literally months before I started this page and this podcast was when I I looked it was almost like I was stood at the metaphorical cliff edge of my life right and was looking out towards my kingdom which was metaphorically my life and it was on fire like, there was nothing left for me and my anger to burn. And I was like, oh, something's got to give here. And then it quickly went into a depression. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know, I'm laughing. It wasn't a great time. It was not a great time at all. Fucking hell, that was quite traumatic, actually. Anyhow, um, and how I, when people would ask me, like, what does that feel like on a daily basis for you? Like, if you could try and, um, what's the word? not personify maybe personify it (laughs) what would that look like and I'd say it felt like I'm walking around and then you know like when um oh my god this is the worst analogy forever you know like in old movies when like a vampire right would um the sunlight would come up and they start like having pause of like like pew pew (laughs) this is such a bad analogy but like paws were opening of them they were like burning that's what it felt like for me that there was just these it's, it's really weird visionary and imagery here um of just it was pouring out of me like I felt like it was coming out of my ears my eyes my nose just my skin I felt like I was just oozing rage that was the only I was like I literally felt like I could get angry at myself. I'd look in my mirror and get I'd want to fight myself. I was up for a scrap. I was just up for arguing. It was anything. And I was just like, this is no way to live, girl. Like, do you actually want to live your life like this? And more so, you're going to end up having, for one, nobody to even entertain an argument with because they've all told you to fuck off because you've just been an absolute tyrant. And so that's what I did for those three years between 2016 and 2019. And I didn't realise, I didn't realise for obviously so long, it took me actually, even you know, into, into the years of doing my work here with Grief Gang to, to understand that elements of that anger and that rage was anger and rage, but a, a majority of that was just grief it was grief in a different coat, in a different dress. And it it didn't know, again, I'm almost like separating them and trying to do something with it. But I, I, cu- I couldn't recognise it. I couldn't recognise this anger was grief. I didn't know what grief was. Like I said, it was my first immediate experience of a bereavement. But it was when you know, actually understanding language around grief and how to convey and express my feelings, did I actually sit back and go, oh my God, all that stuff I'd been feeling there wasn't actually really angry. Because half the time when I deeped it, whether it was anger at a situation or a friend or somebody, I didn't stay angry at them for long. It was just, or whatever the situation was, it was just this grief and always I've tried to say it as it was so much easier for me to say fuck you rather than I need you And when I've said that to people, they're like, yeah, I can really resonate with that because, well, one, asking for help and saying I need your help or I need you to help me find some is really vulnerable. And if you're not used to maybe asking for help or have been in situations where... It is the norm for you know you just to ask to help for to ask for help. Asking for help can feel massive, whereas telling somebody to go fuck themselves or to just get out of your life is more comfortable. You're probably going to go with the latter. It just feels more comfortable. For me, anger felt comfortable. Vulnerability, absolutely not. Saying I'm vulnerable, I need help. So that's when and the end at the end of summer 2019 when. I was the most vulnerable I'd ever been in my life. I felt like I was just like naked, like everyone could just see that I was falling apart. And for me, that was my worst nightmare and still is like to this day, like I'm I'm quite a prideful person. Even when life is overwhelming, like I will be like, nope, nope, I've got it. And only when I'm kind of at my wits end will I go, actually, because someone help me out here. And so... When anger tapped out and vulnerability tapped in, it was so alien to me. And then becoming accustomed and learning new ways to talk about my grief, because I, I, no, I no longer wanted to like express my grief, though not consciously doing it. Like I'm like this is this, I wasn't like this is how I'm grieving. I'm going to be angry. I wanted, I wanted to find another way to talk about my grief that didn't involve me just flying off the handle or getting angry at what had happened to my mum. Because at the, at the core of it, I wasn't angry at anybody like, you know, deeply, wasn't angry at a scenario deeply. I was just so bloody upset that my mum had died at 51 years old, me 19, my brother 26 i was just so angry at the world and the universe and whatever transpired for her to die so young and so cruelly that i just it was just it's such an injustice i even to this day i've made I've made acceptance with my mum's death. I accept that she has died, and I've made peace with my grief, and I live alongside it. And I and I do. I, I I can't I can't sit here and say that my grief debilitates me like it used to. But I will never ever not believe and feel that my mum's death was an injustice. Like it was the biggest injustice of my life and her life that she was stripped so young and just. That was what was fueling my anger and still does today you know still gets me a little bit heated and hot into the color when I really really think about it but when I started to um, talk to people more and started the grief gang and immersed myself in the community and people who just got it when I saw how they spoke about grief and anger I was like oh my god me too. But hang on a minute, you're not effing and blinding, you're not like pent up. You're talking about it quite eloquently and gently, and not like you feel like you yourself are a piece of shit. Like I went through, I was like, when I was out of the other side and accepted that I don't want to live a life with, with anger, like fueling my everyday. I was very quickly then to degrade myself and be like, what did you just do for the last three years, Amber? Like, look what you, I was looking back at the fire and being like, where'd you even start with that? And then with that came, this is probably a whole other episode one day of like, when you want to start like rebuild the damage that you've done in grief, you want to start rebuilding it. And I was just like, girl, but whether you was going to cut these people out, they weren't meant to stay in the journey anyhow. But you just you do. I well, I started to degrade myself and be like, "You're a piece of shit." Like you, your anger. Look what it's done. Look what it's done to your life. And it has repercussions. But I live with those repercussions now, and I'm absolutely a okay. And that's genuine. Like before, it was like, "Yeah, I'm fine." I'm like, "No, look, I," like I said, accountability is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. I just be able to, like, "Yeah, I fucked up. Whatever." But yeah, once I started, like I'm saying, like once I started to understand the language around grief and different ways to express it, um, it changed the game for me. It changed the game of actually and as soon as I understood that anger is a form of a form of grief and would play a part in your grief. And it's not just you being a hothead just for no reason, like you're grieving and there is this deep, deep pain inside of you. You just don't know how to express it otherwise. In, in any other way. But then that's also not to say, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, we should not express our grief in angry ways and passionate and hateful ways. Like, and we must just find the language to do it. No, no, no. Like, we can. If you want to go to a little rage room and smash up a room because you're so furious that your loved one has died, by all means. And I'm going to get to in a little bit as to why I actually think it can be quite beneficial to utilize your anger to get you up out of bed if the thing and we had a few responses from people that have said that sometimes my anger was the thing that got me out of bed and I think fucking amen if you getting up and you know your feet hit the floor the devil's like Jesus Christ she's up it gets you up okay Um, but the the, the thing that I really really want to address in this is that we must, we like, for me, I feel like we must address anger and recognize that this is anger. Like for me, I was always a bit in denial of, no, I'm not angry. I was like, you're just, you're all just, you know, you're all the problem. This is the problem that for me, it started become, to, to become volatile. Um, anger is perceived as this like big, nasty emotion a bit like jealousy and I know there's conversations now kind of around jealousy and how jealousy isn't bad. it's not I don't I don't feel like it is but we, we just don't talk about it like jealousy and anger envy these are all things that we kind of we put them in the in the bad basket of no they're nasty emotions you shouldn't feel that and if you do you're a bit of a prick and you shouldn't be feeling that but we're not we're not ever going yeah but why do you feel those things why do you feel anger jealousy envy rage um and getting to the core of it and then when that happens when people are pigeonholed and not allowed to say yeah i'm angry because of this um they become volatile and it will and it will start festering like, that's what it was me it was festering inside of me and like i said it was like pouring out of like my skin and it was affecting everything like my jobs my friendships just the way i carried myself um but when anger anger for me as i was just saying has been the catalyst for some of the biggest changes of my life. Essentially, like when I sit here in deep it was essentially what drove me to start Grief Gang. I was, well, one, for that. those three years built up of anger at mum dying and what had happened to her and what happened to us as a family. And then finding trying to find support through professional support, which at the time didn't work for me. If you want to know the full story of that, you can go literally back to episode one, where I just give my whole story from um, A to B from 2016 to 2019. And so that made me angry. I was like, what do you mean that I have finally, like I said, bared my soul and become a bit more vulnerable and saying, I need help. Gone for the help. It was an absolute shit show. That's just infuriated me even more. So again, adding another layer of fury. And then I was like, I need to find people who just understand it. Young, Younger people like me at this heart. I don't feel young anymore, guys. Oh, Ooh, God, I was so young when I started this. Jesus Christ. I'm just joking. Who wants to be young anyway? Um... <laughs> my back went at 23 regardless um yeah and then yeah and then starting grief gang I was angry i would say angry but frustrated because I was like there's nothing out here like talking or or having the conversations that like I wanted to have so then that little fury made me go fuck it I'm gonna do it then and so anger I feel like when used right, but I don't I, I don't think I could ever say what is the right way to use anger and what is right and what is wrong. But when used to if it's used to to channel good things in your life or to get you to do things, why can't it be? Like in the conversation, do you know what I mean? Like as we'll see it here in a little while of people's um Entries and submissions for this episode of that if anger was the only thing that got you up out of the bed, so be it. If anger was what got you through your day, so be it. At like at work, if it's used in like a capacity where you're just so furious, but you're just like stomping around the world but getting shit done, I mean. Who's to say otherwise? You know, that's what that's passion, like, and you know, if you want to call it, that's potentially passion. If you want to say it's that, like, yeah, I think anger and passion was a huge thing for me when starting this out because I was angry at a bit. It transpired into me being angry at society for being so bad about talking about death, dying, and bereavement, and I was like, why the fuck are we not talking about this? And so that's what i think fueled me for like those first 2 years of starting this work and navigating this new layer of my grief because i was just like this is so frustrating and so infuriating that we as the bereaved and the grieving community are being pigeonholed into like these corners of the world and the internet when actually society needs to do better and so we can just all just amongst ourselves talk about grief death and dying should it ever come up in conversation in our workplaces and in our education like death we're all gonna fucking die why are we not talking about it jesus and then the more obviously we suppress our oh, anger, and you know, try. Like, I try. I tried that method of, you know, trying to say I'm not angry when I was, and trying to suppress it. And I tell you what, that beast that bloody beast just became bigger and bigger. And I used to think it would have the opposite effect. I thought, well, if I suppress it, obviously it's just going to minimise, it's going to go away. And I'm going to lean to the gratuity of my life and what I have. And I was like, no, my mum's still fucking dead. And that made me angry again. And I was just like, girl, you need to just let this anger just wash over you. And more times than most, like I would be scared sometimes to... I feel like everybody, you know, you can apply this, I think, to a range of emotions when grieving is that you often think about, right, okay, if you let that emotion in or go to that place that you feel like you'll never come back out of it. For example, you feel like, God, if I, okay, if I look through the photo album or something that's going to bring up a memory or something sort of connectivity to your person, you feel like the floodgates are going to open and you are never going to return. And you genuinely think you are going to just, drown in your own tears like genuinely I thought I could eventually one day dehydrate dehydrate myself so much from crying that I would simply pass away and I think I did Google it, like, could you or even hospitalise yourself from crying so much, crying, vomiting, like fully. There's there's no there's no hydration left in the tank. Anyhow, I digress again. Much like that. With anger, I thought, God, if I let if I really lean into this anger, if I really just go, oh, you know what? What am I really feeling? I'm never gonna come out of it. I always did. <laughs> like you always do a feeling is not forever it's temporary as much as it might be like consistent it is temporary um but that's if you know we if we suppress it it's just going to get louder and louder and find its way like it's just persistent grief is grief and all its accompanying emotions are persistent we know as you know that it's said time and time again if you like you know if you don't let your body rest it will rest for you and i feel it's the same with grief if you don't let grief in grief like it will bang down your door it will try politely first when i look back like in his early years like i feel like grief was trying to politely say like can we talk babe and i was like um tty i'll talk to you later and she was like okay like stop you know airing my calls and then eventually she just became this big grizzly beast and was like I don't care what your schedule says now we're talking now and I'm going to infiltrate parts of your life that you didn't think I could and I was like fucking hell babe you didn't have to you did not have to go as hard as that but she got my attention what can I say she's an attention seeker my grief (laughs) I have no idea where I'm going with all these analogies Oh, welcome to season six, eh? Anyway, um, yeah, the more I suppressed it, the more it gets louder and louder. And it was confusing for me because I thought I was doing the right thing by suppressing it, by putting it away, trying to lock it away. I thought, yeah, this is the best thing that I can do is just, you know, hide this anger when actually it was just, it was the worst thing that I could have done. Um, And to go back to the point that I was talking about early one where I jumped I jumped a bit of a beat of how why I don't give myself such a hard time now when I think about those years. Like I like guys, I really gave myself a hard time. I even in those early like like that first year of starting grief gang of 2019 if I keep referring to that, like it's, that's my timeline. Well, for me, like Grief Gang is, it's my digital diary, like, and my documentation of my grief. So I always kind of refer to that. But like that first year of Grief Gang, although it it was amazing for me, like mentally, spiritually, emotionally, everything, I still reflected back on that previous year and that previous version of me with such disdain and such shame and such, oh, awful, like, I can literally close my eyes and take myself back there and I gave myself such a hard time and that's been a real process like I I think I still do sometimes in other areas of my grief give myself a hard time for like things that I did and how I may have coped but when it comes to my anger and my grief I've forgiven myself I think that's the one thing for anybody who is listening who is maybe looking and reflecting on things they may have done and actions they may have made whilst being in like the depths of their anger is to like and if you're in it still, like to to know, I'm not gonna sit here and say, like, forgive yourself now, do it. Don't be angry at yourself, because I think that's just part of it that you have to go through. You have to go to be able to look back and to analyze and understand why you did the things that you did and how you did it. And to come to your own um, your own forgiveness and your own what forgiveness looks like for you in that, like whether you choose to forgive all of the things that you may have done and lived like when you were living in that state, or all of it, or none of it, or a, a small majority of it, like whatever it looks like to you. But to know that for me, and whether it's something that might help you, is that I look back at that person, that version of me, and know it was, I was doing the best with what I knew and I think in with that well, you know especially if it's a very it's a first bereavement and you don't know you've had no experience or even even not even regardless of that because no two deaths are the same right um you're doing your best with the you're doing your best with the best that you know with the knowledge that you have with the feelings that you have in front of you and so to almost for me it was like to give that version of me a hard time when she had no blueprint for this just felt cruel it felt mean it felt like like the equivalent of like shouting at someone on their first day of the job being like a marine biologist or something and being like honey it's first down the job like cut her some slack or something you know what I mean like cut yourself some slack I guess what I'm saying is that whether it is your first rodeo or it's not your first rodeo no two briefings are the same and how you react and cope with it um you don't know and just so yeah I, I I really I really try to give that version of Amber less of a hard time and to to understand that yeah she was just getting by and it was just the most comfortable feeling and way of expressing her grief that she felt and that actually today i'm really really proud of her that even though we made mistakes and we did things that we're not proud of we've come a long way like i do i look back when i think about it like okay at the time probably this episode is out i'll be i'll, I'll have been doing grief gang for about 4 years And to some four years might be like not a long time, but to be, to go from the state that I was in and the lifestyle that I was choosing for myself of literally August of 2019 to then the September of 2019, the way just in that month space, I just went, I need to change my life. Just something needs to happen. I need to help myself. And starting this community, I didn't even know it was going to be a community, just starting this outlet and this podcast was the thing that saved my life. But that's not to say for everybody, if you're raging, go and start a podcast because it might not be for you. (laughs) But finding your outlet to express all of that, whether that is journaling, whether that is... voice recording your thoughts and your feelings through arts and crafts whatever it is releasing that anger is important it might not be through talking to people and talking about your anger especially if maybe they don't maybe haven't experienced it or even people who have you know we are all walking our different um versions of grief and our, our stories and so whatever you know even if it is going to a rage room I actually never done a rage room I really would like to do one if you want to do a rage room let me know and drop me a dm we can go and do like a grief gang hangout rage day oh my god that sounds amazing okay anyway i'm digressing and i want to keep this short and sweet so i am now going to go into some of the stories and sharings from the grief gang community how they live with anger and grief and how um that what 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 triggers their anger things like that so let's hear from the grief gang community So we have got a submission here from somebody from Instagram. I'm going to go through the Instagrams first. I'm not a fan of the anger as it can make me a person I don't like. I think the anger comes as a protector against the hurt. Like instead of crying and feeling that deep pain, I get angry instead. When feeling angry, if I allow myself to relax and the tears just pour out, anger is like a block. I really, really resonate with this. As my dad was ill with stage four cancer for eight years before he died, I experienced a lot of anger and grief through the sickness journey, as well as once he died. I think there was maybe more anger during the waves of grief in his sickness as I wasn't allowing myself to feel the pain. So anger reared its head instead. Although I don't like it, I think it can be the comfortable emotion as maybe you feel like you're doing something with it, if you shout, throw, etc. in anger, and it doesn't feel as painful as epic crying. I try to see anger now as a warning that the grief is bubbling up underneath. If I'm feeling angry, I try to take some time to stop and allow myself to cry, feel, journal, or go for a very fast walk around the block to get some of the pent up anger out. Otherwise, it comes out of my husband and kids with exaggerated responses to normal annoyances. I'm a child psychotherapist and also experienced the death of my dad when I was five years old. In my experience of being alongside lots of bereaved children, I find that anger can be used as a way to keep the energy alive rather than the deep emptiness of the loss. There's something incredibly energetic in anger that can feel powerful and gives a sense of control. I also see a lot of anger in response to deaths that have been in truly horrifying circumstances. Sometimes I think the emotion beneath the anger is closer to terror or terror which can feel near impossible to express or even tolerate. I look forward to hearing your podcast on this. I'm on my first holiday since mum passed. I had booked it before she had gone. Yesterday I swam into the ocean, dived down and screamed as loud as I could. Typical Brit, I've cried in the sea every day. We loved going on holiday together. Sometimes my burning rage that my mum was dead was the only thing that got me out of bed in the morning. I used it to fuel angry, stompy walks, to write long blog posts I never published about how fucking unfair it was. Anger was a constant companion for almost five years. It's still there, but it is less all-consuming now. That line of anger was a constant companion. That was me. It was like my truest friend. It didn't let me down. We knew the school with one another I really felt that when reading that it was my constant companion even if you didn't want it it was always there and it never failed you. I'm angry at the people that didn't show up and made her life hard when she was alive and then decided to show up now and have actively said I know I was there when she needed when they weren't. It makes me angry that my anger was misunderstood but also that it hurt people I love The first five to seven years of my grief represented mainly as anger. And because it's an ugly quotation, ugly emotion, I wasn't seen as someone hurting, but instead that I could just be a dickhead. Oh my God, I feel this so much. That is actually, yeah, that's a huge point. I didn't miss that. When you when you're angry, yeah, you you're no no one does actually see as oh no she's as few people in my life recognised it as that's just not Amber and you know she's going through it like this she is hurting but some people are just like they're just a dickhead she is just a dickhead and cut her off anyway continued I hate how mine and my mum's anger hurts our relationship so much I hate that I hurt people but I wish there had been more understanding from my peers. Very thankful that anger is a much smaller part of my grief now because it was very tiring. Wow, I didn't even think, yeah, I forgot that whole element of how, oh yeah, there's people out there that still think I am a raging, raging cunt. So sorry if you don't like the word cunt, I do often drop it a little bit every now and then because um, of things that I've done and things that I said, but hey, I am who I am, I am what I am take it or leave it darlings anger can be a fuel to do what needs done when you are exhausted and stuck i don't like the anger it's a poison but it's a tool in the toolbox at a shit time yep it is i used to get angry at what might have been prevented doctor told mum she was in remission i have lost both parents and i sometimes just feel angry because why them and why me I'm only two months in and anger hasn't happened for me yet but I'm sure it will pop by and say hi. Anger is a way of showing emotion, it's just as valid as happiness or sadness. I agree. Anger means being able to blame something slash someone. The idea of accepting that death happens for no reason to good people is too devastating anger is something that was present in my grief related to the death of my wife but my anger element was only fleeting and early on in my grief timeline I wouldn't consider consider myself as an angry person so perhaps that was why anger wasn't a big component of my grief and I'm certainly not to believe in the outdated misrepresented stages of grief either you and me both My moment of anger and grief was a clear and specific moment coming out of Kensington High Street tube station a couple of months after my wife's death. I walked down the street and saw a happy couple walking together hand in hand, laughing, smiling and kissing each other. Not snogging, just peck on the lips type of thing. I love the clarification there. (laughs) Not a full on snog. At that moment, I felt a real burst of anger, intense anger. I wasn't angry at them or such, I was just intensely angry that my wife had died. I understood that anger is a superficial emotion, that it's the outward showing of a stronger underlying emotion. So I continued down the high street, passing them as I was trying to figure out what this was for me. After some contemplation, I figured out I was envious, so envious. Envious of what that couple had, of what couples I saw all around me had. They all still had each other and I no longer had my wife. They all still got to show their love and affection for each other and I didn't get to do any more. And that hurt, that fucking hurt, painfully so in that raw period of my grief. This was another secondary loss in my grief. I no longer got to show my wife love for her through physical affection. I no longer got to hold her hand, cuddle her or kiss her and I was so missing that. For me, though, once I'd done that bit processing and reflection, the anger passed. The emotion that was there, that feeling of envy, was just another feeling of loss in my grief. Another emotion in amongst the melting pot of emotions that emerged in my grief. Emotions that would ebb and flow as I learnt to live with and move forward with my grief. Wow, what an email! I love that reflection at the end. The journey, the journey in that email thank you to everybody who um, wrote in and shared a little bit of your story and your feelings and how grief and anger live in your life. I hope this episode has been helpful. And just, you know, that if you are currently feeling like you are a bit of like the fireball, like I was, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, don't worry, it will pass. Like, yeah, there, there will be times when it'll pass. Like You won't live in a consistent state of it but that anger and grief do coincide with each other they do live with each other not everybody experiences like I said like the person who wrote and said they haven't experienced it some people won't experience that anger but that know that if you are experiencing it that it is quite a normal reaction to grief and death and that if you feel like it is something that is debilitating your life and is taking a true grip on your life, that you have every power and everything in you to want to change that, That you're deserving, you don't you don't deserve to live in a a consistent angry state and that it is possible for you to change that to find different outlets for your grief and ways to express it rather than just in anger and rage and that you are really really truly worthy and deserving of that thank you for tuning in to this week's episode I appreciate more than you'll ever know your support of the show and I hope this episode has supported you in one way or another. Spread the good word about the Grief Gang podcast. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Subscribe to the show on your chosen listening platform so you're first to know when a new episode drops. Visit the show notes below to follow the Grief Gang on all social platforms and And pay our website a visit to find further resources and ways to get in contact and work with me. Look after yourself and know that you are never alone. I'll see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince.